Welcome, valued listeners, to the Lose All Your Money podcast. We're back with a late September 2023 episode. We got kind of a broad range of stuff we're going to talk through in terms of ways to lose your money, the thing you all tune in for. I'm Silent Rob, and presenting as always, Mr. Jay Swa. Jay, what it do, fam? What up, dude? You know, we're about to start in October. It's a great time to be an Orioles fan. I'm actually rooting against the Orioles tonight. Do you know why? some weird positioning thing or wild card i don't know it's not wild card no so i'm going to the game tomorrow and if they win tonight they clinch the division and you I want them to do that tomorrow yeah selfish nice yeah which is just a really cool like just shows how spoiled i am right now because i never thought i'd say that like i hope they don't win tonight so i'm there tomorrow and they clinch the division so yeah and they clinch the division they'll be the one seed but yeah, we'll talk about baseball in a moment, but we're going to start off with a little political betting. Do you have any market takes? What's going on here? Fed just doing a great job. Just keep those rates hiking. What, what are your two cents on things there, Rob? Financial markets. Wow. Well, this is actual financial advice. So please take this to your make moves off this from the Lose All Your Money podcast, please. Everything, everything we do here, you should be throwing all your money. You lines. should be but throwing definitely should, this. Go actual ahead, financial advice, yeah, yeah, dude. The Fed paused, which Margaret digested, and then like didn't love it. You had texted me about it. I honestly don't have a really strong take on that. The Fed controls the short end of the interest rate curve, which does matter a lot. And I was one of those doomers of the opinion that they were gonna raise that they did raise too fast and really, really break shit. But like there's poor evidence that that has happened thus far. Like shit that's supposed to be really, really broken is not broken. So like, you know, two weeks of bad stock performance is not the same as the fed wrecking the economy and slowing shit down. Anecdotally, I think people are, I think shit is tight, dude. I think shit is hard to pay for. And inflation is like a pervasively bad thing that people talk about a lot and people love to complain about and bitch about. So I think that bodes super poorly for the Dems in 24, but who fucking knows? And investing is all about fucking timeframes, dude. So if you're patient, you're going to make money. And if you're impatient and stupid and then Ken Griffin and Citadel and the high frequency freaks are going to take all your shit. So that's what I got. If you're impatient and listening to this podcast, you're <laughs> listening to <laughs> you will lose it all. <laughs> yeah. I will say in a somewhat serious note, I think the cost of living is just completely out of control. That's from a, a rather, relatively cheap son of a bitch. So I just don't know how all these, uh, you know, fucking people throwing money around. how they're On credit is how they're yeah. doing it. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, thoughts and prayers to them. <laughs> but, but moving on to our first topic, we are going to talk political betting. It is a straight up coin flip today. So about an hour ago, I pulled these odds from bookmaker.eu, also known as Chris, one of the largest bookmaker bookies in the world, legal, well, relatively legal bookies in the world. It's an offshore bookie. But yeah, so pretty much a coin flip for whether the Democratic Party or the Republican Party will win. The man with the best odds, and I shared this with Rob and, and a very close friend of his, his barber, is, is apparently enthused by this. Do you want to share the good news or do I get to do this? Right? Yeah, DJT, Donnie Trumpy, is the front runner in markets to be El Presidente in 2024. There's no one on earth with better odds, or excuse me, with uh, shorter odds. So market implying 
that they will win the Donald Trump, which would just be a great content play for everyone. I don't see any downsides. So, <laughs> so yes. So Donald Trump is a minus 350, so 75% implied to be the Republican nominee. My fearless leader, Joe Biden, is minus 205, which is a 65% implied to be the Democratic nominee. But to actually win the presidency, Donald Trump is 1.65. So like in between two to one and essentially getting your, you know, doubling your money to win presidency. Whereas Joe Biden is a little over two to one to do it. And then some dude named Gavin Newsom, who I have no clue who that is, who Rob said he was going to tell me about, is the next closest at 10 to one. Vivek is at 17, DeSantis at 20 to one, and RFK Jr. 220 to one. I will vote for RFK Jr. if they rename the Redskins the Redskins and they move back to RFK Stadium. We <laughs> see that you have my vote if you do this. that. You just have to do two simple things, dude. Gavin Newsom is the, I want to say like wildly unpopular governor of California, and he's from like a super rich and connected family. And if you've seen season two of True Detective, that's what comes to mind for me. Very just. California political family string puller type shit, but apparently popular. No, I don't know. I don't know how this works. My barber, who's the Trump guy, is all worried about the vice president, Mrs. Harris. So I was a little surprised not to hear her on this list, even at super long odds. But I don't know. I don't know how that shit works, dude. This is behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I don't understand. I, I really just don't trust polls anymore, given the last couple of. Uh, you know, comes, elections. Yeah. And, you know, I'm obviously a slave to, to the betting markets and whatnot, but I, I can't think of a more efficient place, Yeah. but you know, you know, me market guy, I'm not a gut feel guy like you. Yeah. So, so yeah, but I'll check on your girl Kamala's odds here in a moment, but yeah, anything else before I'll look up the Kamala odds, but anything else before we move to baseball? Are you putting on any political bets? No, I have no plans to, but always subject to change if I see I will say that for the listeners, fun history, if I could go back in my text, it's probably not there anymore, but it was what, the 2020 election, you and me texting about it. And I remember watching live odds going and I think you lost money, dude. I think this is a, you yeah. lose all your money, but I think you lost yeah. money going, yeah. Trump's got it. And then he didn't. And you know, that was a fucking mess of an election, but you know, yeah, yeah, that's, that's live betting. Live betting. I live bet it, book the same website which I do this pretty much every weekend for NFL bets and college football bets and college basketball bets. When I see that type of move happen in another, in sports, granted it's a different realm. It was pretty much like an 80 to 90% win expectancy. So, and I did say the words, it's a lock. That's right. Uh, and that's, what's funny. Yeah. It moved it. from what, like 55 or something up to like 80 and you were like done. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just because the way it jumps, just the way it jumped and it sustained like you, I was expecting to see pullback, but it like it was it jumped and then it stayed there for like three hours, and I was just like, Smart "Granted, bad. granted, I'm used to time frames of like two hour sports, so yeah, like, yeah. It, it, I mean, there's tons of hindsight to it and whatnot, but you know, I made I've made that move tons of times over the last five years, and I've definitely been up on that, just definitely not up on it with the political futures." But am I going to learn my lesson? Absolutely not. Okay. Nope. So. This is about losing all your money, not some of your money. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah. All right. Let me see here. So, yeah, American League for baseball. You know who the favorite is by chance? 
I do, I do, and I don't know. I might have to just in my heart fade this. I would never fade it with actual money. But Baltimore mm-hmm. Orioles top odds to win the AL at yes. plus two ninety. Yeah, that's a joke. I would not put any money on that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, American League's about to be fucking wild. Just absolute crapshoot. Orioles have just really been clutch. And obviously clutch is a synonym for lucky in a lot. And it's been so much fun to watch all year. But like from uh, putting my fandom to the side, yeah, this is not a team I want to put money behind. But also the caveat is baseball is extremely, extremely random. Mm-hmm. So, and this team is also like, I don't even think they understand they're not supposed to be like winning these many close games and things of this nature. So yeah, completely random, but depending on the playoffs shake out, I will take the Rays and the Astros and I will give everybody else the field if they want to give me that. Now, the only scenario I wouldn't do that is if they face each other in the wild card round the first round. But I just think the experience factor compared to everyone else with relatively no experience I would take that. Isn't that a fairly decent odds that the Rangers win the West, the Orioles win the East, and that puts Houston in the AL Central? Yeah, you're, you're really killing it with your knowledge here. No, the Astros are in the West. The Rangers are most likely going to win the West, and that's why yeah. they're the second best odds right now. Yeah. And the way the wild card works or the new format works is the first two teams get a bye. So mm-hmm. the top two teams get a bye. So what that's going to be is most likely going to be the Orioles and the Rangers get a bye. Mm-hmm. And then the three seed is going to play the six seed. But the six seed is going to be favored because the three seed is the Twins because they won the division. The, mm-hmm. the division's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So honestly, a perfect world from a betting perspective would be if the Astros are the six seed and they play the Twins the first round, I will take the Astros to win the division or to win that round. They'll probably be favored, actually, even though they'll be on the road for three games. And I will take Astros to win the AL. I'll put a bet on that. I actually would do that with the Blue Jays if they did that as well. The Rays are locked in in the four seed. This is assuming the Orioles win one of their next four games. They're up one nothing in the six right now. So if they win that game or any of the next three, or the Rays lose any of their three games this weekend, so like a 90, probably 8, 99% certainty that the Orioles will be the one seed, the Rays will be the four seed, the Twins will be the three seed, and then most likely the Rangers, the two seed. But yeah, I think Astros or Rays, unless they match up against each other, if they're in two separate corners, I think one of those two comes out of here. But I'm not going to put any money on it, unless it's the Astros who's on the other side of the Orioles. So that way, if the Astros do, they win the wild card and they win the division, and then they're playing against the Orioles and the ALCS, I'll just hedge out enough to where I'm not rooting against the Orioles, obviously. But I also take a little a little off the table for profits. But yeah, I think the AL is going to be absolutely batshit crazy. I actually see, could see the Toronto Blue Jays making a run too. They're kind of like a quiet, really, really good team as well. But pure, pure pandemonium. October is going to be a lot of fun. Anything, questions before we move to the National League there, Rob? No, I, I love the shit out of this. No Red Sox, no Yankees, none of these annoying motherfuckers. So mm-hmm. hell yeah. Yeah, AL is going to be sick. NL, a little different uh, deck of cards, rightfully so. The Braves, big favorites, and even the Dodgers have better odds than the best odds in the AL. So the best odds in the AL were like the Orioles at plus 290. The Braves are like plus 150. The Dodgers at plus 225. So we would really be shocked if either of those two teams did not come out of the NL. But as always, the playoffs are super, super random. Marlins, are they going to sneak in or how's this looking? Looks like it right now, dude. 
They're yeah. that six line on odds. Man. Well, it looks like them and the Cubs have the same record. So it's going to be – not only is it going to be a good postseason, but this weekend is going to have some great, like, you know, yeah. trying to get in and whatnot. I think the Mariners and the Rangers are playing each other. So even though Seattle has, like, an outside shot of making the playoffs, if they sweep, they're in. And there's just, like, a lot of really cool scenarios. So it's kind of like the playoffs start this weekend. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. But really – the Braves are just kind of a powerhouse. And then the Dodgers are the fucking Dodgers. This is like also like a rebuild year for the Dodgers. Not like a rebuild is the wrong word, but like a rebuild for them. It was like to save up money. So that way this offseason for Otani and all these other people, they can like go all in. And they're sitting here with like the third best record in baseball. Fucking psychotic. Dodgers. Yeah. Fucking Dodgers, man. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. Give me a uh, just off the cuff World Series prediction. Dodgers lose to the Rays. Dodgers lose their race. Okay. I like the Dodgers losing aspect. I'm going to go Astros and Braves with the Braves taking it down. Snooze. But yeah, likely. I am. I'm a slave to the fucking odds. What can you do? Okay. College football. Rob tried his hand at some college football betting this year. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. The worst part is, is these odds that I sent you. If I, I shouldn't say if I had to, but what jumps out to me at these odds, so I sent Rob a list of the top 10 teams with the best odds to win the championship. And Alabama at 35 to 1 is not bad. They lost a game. Rob, I don't know if you heard, they lost a game, but it was not in conference. And if they get that quarterback play right, which they did, unfortunately, against the goddamn Rebels this weekend, he looked a lot better. Defense looked really good. And they only have two more ranked opponents and they're both at home. So that means they're going to get a shot at playing Georgia in the SEC championship. Now there'll be severe underdogs against Georgia, but they will have a chance to kind of play themselves into the college football playoffs. That being said, I don't bet college football as I try to tell you gentlemen before you asked for my opinion on a game <laughs> earlier this year, but yeah, it's kind of a wide open year. Georgia still has the best odds, but it's kind of like Georgia, Michigan just behind them, and then a bunch of teams kind of in this cluster here. Florida State, who almost lost to Clemson this past weekend. Ohio State, who almost lost to Notre Dame. Texas, who, you know, they're good, but how good are they really? Penn State, USC. USC has, like, no defense. So it's a really, really wild year. Also, Pac-12 has three teams in the top nine odds. What a way to go out for the Pac-12 as it obviously is burning to the ground and will probably no longer be this time next year. Any thoughts, insight, college football, uh, lover and better, Rob? I'm fucking pissed to hear you say that Bama looks good for this, but as I think about Georgia and Alabama, Georgia at plus 245 compared to Bama at plus 3,500, it's like, okay, well, yeah, there's a fuck ton of juice there and randomness and balls bouncing in their favor or not. And I hate it, but I get it. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Bama plus 3,500 versus fucking Washington at plus 2,000. Like, look, I'm sure Washington's looked great. A lot of good guys on the team, but like, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's kind of deep analysis you're getting here between us. Who, yeah, we don't bet college football, but a lot of times it is good to just see gut reactions for things. Yeah, Pac 12, this is uncharted waters from Pac 12. But yeah, my kind of inkling is the same. USC just has like has no defense. Lincoln Riley, that's like been his MO anywhere he's been, Oklahoma previously. So 
yeah, Michigan, I think, is kind of sneaky. Just looking at the odds, I don't have any insight for the teams or anything like that, but just like strictly looking at the odds to see them in their own distinct tier, not Georgia at plus 245, plus 250, but at plus 500 where the next closest team is all the way down to plus 900. That stands out to me, and I have heard from people who, who do bet college football that Michigan apparently does have a team this year. So uh, at the very least, we would all like to, to beat Ohio State, of course. But it could be you know, a nice little matchup. We get Georgia-Michigan potentially in the national championship game. I like that. Oh, yeah, I would like that as well. But at the end of the day, I will always take the SEC. So you're saying Lincoln Riley like rolls up to the team the first day is like, all right, defense, fuck off. I don't like any of you, and I'm going to kick the best people off the team. What are you saying here? I, I think it's just allocation of resources. Like you don't get any yeah. Chick Fil A sandwiches, and the offense gets it all. What's what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. The sauces, no sauce for defense. All sauce for the offense. No, I, I'm just recruiting and play calling personnel, coaching, all that other shit too. Like it's just pretty clear every stop of the way. I mean, Arizona State put up like 28 points on them, and they the week before Arizona State got shut out by Fresno State at home. Like I don't know. It's just. Like I said, it's just one humble man's observation. I wish I had time to bet college football. College football is way, way cooler than the Neanderthal football league that we're going to talk about in a moment. <laughs> but I just don't have the time. And I do things from, you know, unfortunately I have a full-time job. but And I bet the NFL through a kind of fancy football lens. And then college basketball is going to start in a couple of months here. Really like six weeks, which is fucking awesome. But college football is just too short for me to really get into. Also, I try to have some semblance of a social life. And we actually have good weather here during September and October. So I do try to be outside a little bit as well. Mm. Whereas college basketball, like, hell yeah, weather gets shitty here. Like, don't want to hang out with family. It's just, it's perfect for that. Good. So yeah, that's just our little college football take, kind of uh, introducing you to a little bit of the markets. I think the NFL, I can give you a slightly more insight. We'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah, anything to wrap up the amateur hour uh, football before we get to the real Neanderthals? Let's take it to Cave Town, dude. Let's go. <laughs> so, so Rob on Twitter, or excuse me, x.com, uses the term Neanderthal <laughs> Football League, and I can't stop saying it. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, the NFL is uh, three weeks in, and, and there's really not too much changing, at least in my eyes. You give me three teams, I'll give you the field. Give me Kansas City, San Francisco, and the Eagles, and I'll give you the field. I think those three teams right now would be the Super Bowl favorites. Or excuse me, who I think would win the Super Bowl, and I'll give you the rest of the teams. The AFC is absolutely stacked. Teams that can win the Super Bowl, I think we have Niners, which is NFC, obviously Chiefs, AFC, Eagles, NFC. Then I would say Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, Bengals. Those would be the teams. So five of the seven teams that can win the Super Bowl, I believe, are in the AFC. So, yeah, that's pretty much showing you the differences in the conferences. I think the Eagles have not played well, and they're 3-0, and and they really haven't been challenged. Rock Purdy for the Niners looks just incredible, just kind of manning the ship. Kyle Shanahan play calling really protects him, and all he has to do is facilitate the ball and be accurate with the ball. And the type of athletes, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel – they can just get the ball in space and do wonders, and their defense is very, very good. So if I had to pick one team after three weeks, which is kind of a laughable exercise, I would say the Niners. This will probably look funny uh, four months from now, but you know, with injuries and whatnot. But that is, if I had to say on 928, the team I think that wins the Super Bowl, I think it's the San Francisco 49ers. 
Chiefs obviously still have Patrick Mahomes, but Travis Kelsey is the only offensive weapon they have. You know, dude's like 33, about to be 34, I believe. Yeah, at some point, injuries, defense is keen on him. They're going to need another offensive weapon to step up because some team is going to figure out how to stop them with only the one weapon in Kelsey, and then everyone else is going to copycat that. Now, not everyone's going to have the personnel to do that, but obviously as you advance, the best teams are going to advance in the playoffs. And I do think unless someone steps up, which could happen, Sky Moore, uh, Rashad Rice, I believe the rookie's name, those wide receivers, somebody has to take a stride up because I just don't think it's sustainable for Kelsey to just be carrying the entire load. Miami Dolphins are the kind of hot new toy. They put up 70 points in a national or actually Neanderthal football league game, which hasn't happened since 1966. I think this is a very fragile team. Very good, but fragile. Not a lot of depth. Tua has notorious injuries, cushion problems. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Tua. The year that the Redskins passed on Tua and Herbert, I was saying it from jump how it was a fucking idiotic decision. But, you know, you'll learn to live with those when you live in the D.C. area. The Bills are still a really good team. Last year, they kind of fizzled after the DeMar uh, Hamlin injury, but they're a damn good football team. Dolphins, Bills are probably the best game of this weekend coming up. I'll definitely be sure to watch that one. Cowboys sitting at about 10 or 11 to 1, I think is absolutely laughable. Dak Prescott is not going to win a Super Bowl. I'll flag plant that. And I actually shout out my dad on that. He's called that years ago. And he's like, when they gave Dak Prescott an extension, he was the happiest guy in town. He said that dude just doesn't have it. And I thought it was a little narrative-y, and other people are narrative about it as well. But I live bet the Cowboys this past weekend when they were down against the Cardinals, and Dak was just fucking terrible, just absolutely terrible. The red zone is just terrible. And I know they had three offensive linemen out this past week, but just some of the decision-making for a guy that's been in the league as long as he, he just don't have it. He just does not have it. Also, they rely on the run a lot, and they've just played kind of shitty teams. I think if they were in a back-and-forth shootout with trying to keep up with a Jalen Hurts, a Tua, a Patrick Mahomes, I don't think Dak could do that for them. So Bengals also have been dealing with some injuries. Uh, Joe Burrow, they eked out a win. They're one and two. Put a little asterisk by them. If Joe and the offense can get right, they can win a Super Bowl. But if they're going to be kind of the way they've looked the first couple of years, or excuse me, the first couple of weeks, they don't have a chance. And then I'm a softie for the Ravens. Lamar in the passing game has got to step up. They've got to get a little bit better on the injury bug side of things. But I do think they have the capability of winning the Super Bowl. But that AFC playoffs is just going to be absolutely, absolutely crazy. And then the only other thing we really know for sure is the Bears are fucking terrible. The Cardinals, for the supposed worst team in the league, they play very, very hard. Josh Dobbs, ASU commit, flipped on the last day. Signing day went to Tennessee. He's definitely, this is a pro Josh Dobbs podcast. But yeah, other than that, it's still super early. A lot of randomness involved. I'll take those seven teams I mentioned, and I don't see another team with the capabilities of taking down a championship. I know I went through a lot there, Rob. Anything jump out to you? Any any, any Fandral takes that you have? <laughs> Do you think Liam drafted Aaron Rodgers in one or several of his leagues? I think he did. Yeah, I told him not to, but I think he did. Cool. No, I like this tears thing. This is from at InPredict. We look at this a lot. 
And it looks like it sounds like you sort of disagree with the top tier has Kansas City, Bills, Niners, Dolphins, Cowboys, and Eagles. And it sounds like you don't think Cowboys belong in that top tier. Yeah, I don't think they belong in that top tier. They kind of beat up on two soft opponents, the Jets without Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Giants. And they fucking just lost to the Cardinals. So, yeah, they're definitely above average team. I would probably put them in that contenders list. Rob's referring to the retweet that I always tweet every week. I'm just a super visual person. I know a lot of our followers are too. And it just it breaks the teams into tiers. I think it's the best way of looking at it because it's so easy from week to week to get on a narrative of, oh, well, this team beat this team last week. And it's like, no, these teams are like half a point difference if you look at power rankings. And, you know, just because a game ran out a certain way last week doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I highly, highly recommend it. The account is Computer Cowboy. And I always retweet that pretty much every week. I, I just think it's a it's a really good visual to, to just see where the teams are. And there's also just naturally teams will play, you know, revert back to the mean a little bit too. So maybe a team that's overperforming versus obviously a team that's underperforming, things of that nature. Now, sometimes it's, it's catching a falling knife too. That can hurt you if a team is falling and they actually just get worse and worse. But just I think that visualization is a great starting place before starting your bets for the weekend. But yeah, dude, that's pretty much it. All I have. Anything you want to add? Any tip new uh, fathers or mothers out there? I know we got a lot of tons of female listeners. You know, no. I want to hear you real quick riff on this MVP winner chart, though. Okay. Yeah. I forgot I sent you this too. Yeah. So Tua is the favorite right now, which as I mentioned, he's just super fragile. And I mean, you obviously don't want to be buying high right now. This is because they scored 70 points last week. I just some ones that I thought were interesting. Brock Purdy at like 20 to one. Like I said, that's a lot of times this is a quarterback award to a team that's like favored to go to the Super Bowl. So I kind of just mentioned about how, I like the Niners, so Brock Purdy being the quarterback for the Niners kind of makes sense for that. They would probably need to go like 16-1, for that to happen just because Brock doesn't put up crazy numbers, but that is just something that caught my eye. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, at 8-1 to one is not terrible either. Patrick Mahomes at 5.5-1, to one, he's got the second best odds. I think there just might be a little voter fatigue, but there is the narrative out there that I kind of touched on, which is he doesn't have any weapons other than Kelsey. So that's what kind of jumps out to me. Sometimes what I like about the MVP winners, it's kind of like a derivative of the futures, the Super Bowl wagering. And sometimes the MVP numbers don't move as rapidly as the Super Bowl will. So you can kind of get maybe a lazy number that hasn't moved at that. But I still think it's a little too early to do that. I just thought it was amazing that Tua is currently the MVP favorite. I mean, rightfully so. He's looked the best through three games. But as I said, it's still relatively short sample size. Why did we'll end on this? Why did KC trade Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins? Just uh, cap flexibility. Mm-hmm. They got tons of draft picks for him, and yeah, they paid Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, I don't know if you realize, but money factors into several decisions hmm. every day. If you look back five, <laughs> you go back. You go back five, even ten years. You'll see this. Looks back well. twenty years. <laughs> All right, money. Sure, they traded him for that. That's I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's just how things work in the Neanderthal uh, football league, dude. I guess, dude. You're telling me. 
We can't be all as advanced as you. But yeah, any tips for the new parents out there? Or are you just going to hide them all and just be that? <clears throat> no. The thing about this is that new parents get inundated with uh, advice, solicited and unsolicited. <laughs> so absolutely not. I have no tips. I have no advice. It's a fucking jungle out there. And you're on your own, kid. Figure it the fuck out. Survive in advance. And as always, lose all your money. We'll catch you all next month. Peace.